Here's what's coming up on today's episode of Dallas Mavericks Today. Bruce Brown, Grant Williams, Harrison Barnes, three players that the Mavericks could target in NBA free agency. That's what myself and producer Coop, Jeffrey Cooperstein, are going to break down with all of you. But first, subscribe to the channel. We are four subs four. away from 23,000 subscribers. If I wake up tomorrow and we have not hit that milestone, we're deleting the channel. I'm done doing episodes on this channel if we don't get at least four new subscribers between today and tomorrow. Coop just got a little bit nervous. I did not tell him I, I was going to say that on this video. But help us out. Subscribe. I don't want that to be the case because I want to keep talking about the Mavs here on a daily basis. All right, let's start with the first one here. Bruce Brown to Dallas. The Mavs are widely expected to pursue the free agent who opted out of his player option, according to multiple reports. Once free agency opens up on Friday, here's Tim McMahon, longtime Mavs and NBA reporter for ESPN. On the Hoop Collective, he said, I've heard the Mavericks maybe could have had him last summer, but they thought JaVale McGee was a bigger prize. And uh, Pain! Let's get that part out of it, uh, out of the way, Coop. That is just painful considering Bruce Brown paid a, played a key role on a championship uh, team and uh, JaVale McGee was catching cobwebs on the bench most of the season. Just add that to the CVS receipt of free agent mishappenings by the Mavs. I mean, how good would have Bruce Brown been for this team last year? I'm not sure he's the difference between being a contender and not, but I think they would have won more than 38 games if he was on the roster. I think it's like if you could put uh, the Mavericks 22-23 season on a Wikipedia page and say what went or like if you had a metaphor for what went wrong, it started with choosing JaVale McGee over Absolutely. Bruce Brown. It it, well, it started the, the minute after the trade deadline ended when Jalen Brunson decided he was going to New York, but that's neither well, here or there. Yeah, that's, that's really when it started. But let's kind of talk about the player. That was then, this is now. Bruce Brown, who played a key role for the Nuggets, kind of became their sixth man this year, averaged 11.5 points. Decent creator, too, 3.4 assists, good from the field, good from three-point range, and... Uh, you know, he is kind of a streaky shooter that's played out in the regular season and in the playoffs, but he's good enough. And, Coop, I think what surprised me when I watched Brown, especially in the playoffs, kind of be a spark plug on that second unit is he's actually a pretty damn good ball handler. Like, I didn't know he yeah. was that good of a creator. Like, if you're comparing him to Tim Hardaway, I would say he's probably a better ball handler For than sure. Hardaway. And is able to not maybe initiate the offense, but when he's – when he has the ball in his hands, you don't freak out that it's going to be a turnover. What he has that Tim doesn't is he's a better creator. He's certainly better on defense. Now, Tim's probably better in catch and shoot. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. But we've talked about, hey, like getting more bench ball creation. Like if him and Jaden Hardy is your bench unit backcourt, like, that, that can work. That's pretty damn good. That's I, a lot of offense and two guys think, that can handle. I still think you probably need a true number one point guard to go with them because Hardy's really not one and sure. Brown isn't either. But, yeah, I mean, if that's your backcourt, it's definitely not a disaster. It's not like last year where you literally did not have a guard to come off the bench. Exactly. There's no doubt about that. And Look, for me, now that the Mavericks have the full mid-level exception, I would be very comfortable giving Bruce Brown. I think he's – when 5 p.m. strikes, because, of course, the Mavericks don't tamper – you give him the mid-level offer right then and there and see what happens. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Do you want Bruce Brown in Dallas? Coop and I 
clearly do. And for me, he's my top target for the mid-level exception. Type Y for yes, type in for no. Let us know in the comments below. Do you want Bruce Brown in Dallas? Now, another popular name linked to the Dallas Mavericks is Grant Williams. There was some buzz that a signing trade could take place with the Boston Celtics. He is restricted, uh, and it is expected that the uh, Celtics will lose him after the Kristaps Porzingis trade. The question is, how interested is Grant Williams? Talk us through uh, the latest here. Yeah, so this is also from that podcast that Tim McMahon did on the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst. And basically, he said that people working for the Mavericks don't really see the Grant Williams connection as much as the fans are talking about on Twitter. Mm. They're skeptical that the Mavs will even put in an offer because it, it basically seems like he's going to go back to Boston after that Marcus Smart trade. So it sounds like that the Mavs aren't really heavily pursuing Williams. That could change, obviously, between now and Friday, but it doesn't seem like as hot of a deal as it used, as it was last week. Well, and I wonder now if Boston does want to try and keep bring him back. It could be viewed as a ri risky proposition for Dallas because he is restricted. So if they place an offer and he accepts, but then you have to wait and then you lose. Like, is Grant Williams worth waiting three days for? Yeah, it is probably kind of not. And it was it was always going to be difficult because even if the Mavericks were to make a mid-level exception offer over three years, that's something the Celtics could easily match. And that would kind of leave the Mavs in a bind of what they can do next. Because once you make that offer sheet, if you're using the mid-level exception, you can't offer it to anybody else until he accepts or declines. The appeal a Williams has over a Bruce Brown, for example, is the Mavs don't really have a lot of like pure fours on this roster outside of Maxi Kleba, who can play some five as well. Uh, whereas Grant Williams, that's kind of exactly what he is. He's a stretch four who can defend three fours and fives. Uh, he's kind of become a knockdown three-point shooter over the past three seasons. Uh, more physical, a big defender than a guy like Bruce Brown uh, is. And uh, we know he's not afraid to mix it up. We saw him get into it with Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat series, which, you know, some could say that backfire, but, like, you at least like guys who aren't willing to back down. Uh, I prefer Bruce Brown, Coop, because he's an excellent defender as well. He's obviously smaller, but he can defend one through threes uh, at a pretty high clip. And I like the ability that he can create offensively, whereas Grant Williams isn't going to do a lot of that. Yeah, I agree. And also, like, Grant Williams is a good player, but if you really look at what you're getting, you're getting eight points and five rebounds. So it's not like you're getting someone who's going to make a crazy impact. Yeah, he'll play 25 minutes a game and he'll impact on the defensive end as well. But if you're paying $12 million a year, the guy better be able to score at least 10 points a game. So I, I would expect more offensive output from someone like that. And that's why I think I would prefer Bruce Brown over Grant Williams as well. Yeah, not again, not only is Bruce Brown probably going to give you over 10 points per game, he's going to get you potentially three, four assists as well. Uh, so he's going to account for, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 points on any given night. Now, should the Mavericks sign Grant Williams? Maybe you're in the Grant Williams camp. Type S for sign or P for pass. I'm not against Grant Williams. I would just prefer uh, a couple of other guys that could be in this same price range over him. Let us know what you guys think down below. Uh, before we talk about Harrison Barnes and the potential of bringing him back to Dallas, uh, these draft hats are still available. And again, they're not really like hats that you can only wear around the draft. You can wear these year, lo year long. So go to chatsports.com slash NBA draft hats. Pick a Mavericks one today and uh, rep your uh, squad. Uh, with these new draft ads, chatsports.com slash NBA draft ads. All right, let's talk about the possibility of bringing back Harrison Barnes, looking more realistic by the day that Dallas could bring him back. Now, let's look at his numbers, and then we'll kind of discuss what this looks like here. Barnes, 
He's just kind of rock solid, right? Like That's at what this, he is. At this point in his career, he's 15, 16 points, 46 to 48 percent for the field, mid high, or you know, not even mid 30s, highish 30s from three. Like if he shoots 46 percent from the field, 38 percent from three, and scores 15 a game and that gets you five rebounds, like. That's kind of what you're looking at, and that's kind of what Harrison Barnes has been. Uh, just a steady presence on that Kings team for several years now. So there was that also a report on that McMahon podcast, and this is pretty interesting. That had a lot of juice, by the way. Go check it out. But McMahon basically said that the Mavericks traded Harrison Barnes because Rick Carlisle loved him so much. He was still running sets and designing the offense through Harrison Barnes as opposed to Luka in his rookie year. So they had to trade Harrison Barnes essentially to force... Uh, Rick Carlisle's hand into giving Luka Doncic the keys to the offense. Uh, the Mavs obviously have a history with Harrison Barnes. They love him. They love the teammate. They love the player. He liked I, being here. He liked being here as well. I could see I could see a reunion happening. I really could. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers look like on that. I have to assume it's more than the mid-level, which means it would be a sign-and-trade of some sort. So I think it's, it's a combination of Tim Hardaway or Reggie Bullock plus JaVale McGee. Yeah, I mean, a couple things at play here. One, uh, he would have to be set on coming here because the Kings aren't going to sign and trade, I don't think, for the sake of doing it. I think they'd probably rather just bring him back. And two, I'm with you. Look, if if he wants to come on the mid-level, like, let's go. I'll, I'll, right I'll take him over Bruce Brown on the mid-level. Like, I, I would absolutely do that because uh, – He's longer. He's got more positional versatility. Uh, you know, maybe he's not quite the defender, but still a good defender, and he definitely gives you more offensive punch. Uh, and then, um, but if it's a sign and trade, I mean, that's really the question, right? Like, would you rather lose Bullock and McGee or Hardaway? And it's a tough call because the reason the dumping Bullock and McGee uh, is uh, is interesting is one that reopens the door to bring back Dwight Powell as another center if you value him here. On the flip side, if you're able to dump Hardaway, that gives you more cap free agency flexibility moving forward beyond sure. this season. So that's why that's appealing. Yeah, um, it's, 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 a it's a tough call. It's a balancing act because I think Hardaway is the best player of those three sure. by a pretty fair margin, but you're also having, having to look towards the future. Who knows what the new CBA will hold? Will the Mavs have extra cap room if they give up Hardaway than they originally thought they might have had? So it's definitely a difficult decision for the Mavs to make. I will say this. I think Harrison Barnes is much more attainable than Grant Williams at this point in time just because of Williams' restricted free agency status, and I think Barnes kind of has a history here and wouldn't mind coming back. If it's back. not the mid-level, the last contract Barnes signed was 4 for 85. Correct. To be clear, I would not go that high. I, to me, he's 15 to 18 million. Yeah, right? are you, if you give him 3 for 54, is yeah. that what you're looking three at? 3 for 55, something in that in that range. Um, it'll be interesting. I think I would be comfortable doing that if I was Dallas. And look, if you can, like, if you dump Hardaway and you kind of just replace what he makes per year on Barnes, I'd probably do that. Tim's on that, you know, I think he's making around 17, 18 for the next yep. two years. Like, if that's what Barnes' new deal is on a three-year deal, I think I would, I would absolutely do that. All right, pick one to sign. Set money aside. If you could pick one player to become a Maverick in the next week, who is it? If it's Bruce Brown, type one. If it's Grant Williams, type two. If it's Harrison Barnes, type three. I think we'd be happy with all of these, but if I had to rank it, I'd go Barnes, one, Brown two and then Williams kind of I'm a with di you. distant third there but I'd still be okay with it at the end of the day 
All right, guys, Coop, myself, we're going to be back uh, every single day this week. Coop's actually out tomorrow, but I'll have a video for you guys on the channel, so be on the lookout for Four that. Four subs away from 23K. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Otherwise, this becomes a Rockets channel tomorrow, we don't and want I that. will be in shambles. So for Coop, I'm Harrison. We'll see you tomorrow with another video.